Watch Tim wishes you good luck and Godspeed. Space Monkeys blasting off with the new marketing and communications team for Parody here at Decoded. It's been, in my opinion, in my experience, a hugely successful event. Peter Roschatz here, he's the new CMO. Steve Stober and Emily Ospo, who's been around for a while. It's really great to have you all together and welcome to Space Monkeys. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. Fantastic to have you. So, Peter, when did uh, Parody pick you up? Was that 10 months ago about? Picking up in terms of like reaching out to me was already like 18 months ago. Or more 18 than months, that, months ago, yeah. months ago, and I officially joined last year, July. Okay. It feels on one hand very short time. Yeah, yeah. On the other hand, it feels like I've been years here already because it seems like through a wormhole and then the time just is go passing faster, whatever. Yeah, it, ha- it passes right. very strangely, right. yeah, yeah, no doubt. Could you give us um, a little bit of a taste of uh, what you were doing before you joined Parity? So I am not from the crypto or the three world. Right. I am completely coming from the outside. Uh, my background is basically, from education-wise, I'm an uh, engineer, electronic engineering, and I started business. Oh, okay. And I didn't feel like I go into kind of constructing things or putting things together, so I went into business consulting for five years. Yeah, sure. So projects, turnaround, strategy for five years in 20 different industries. And then I couldn't resist it, but during the dot-com kind of yeah. craziness, yeah. Uh, I had to do my own startup. So I opened my own startup, got seed funding, didn't get enough funding after two years because the dot-com bubble collapsed, mm-hmm. and then just all again up and down. Yeah. But since then, stayed within the software, software as a service business. So I've been at Microsoft, Germany, and in Rutland for five years. Been at Salesforce. I've been at startups, scale-outs like Veeam Software. So different software companies. Lived five years in the US, five years in Switzerland, then back in Germany. I've seen small startups struggling. I've been doing turnarounds. So all kinds of software across the ocean, all kinds of stages, yeah. high growth turnaround situations, all of that. And my last job before I was coming to Parity was at Celonis, which is one of the most successful German startups. 10 years old, 13 billion evaluation last round. Um, and they were doing kind of a process mining software, so analyzing business processes. And it was kind of my turf from my education. Hmm. And I was running global demand generation, running everything. And then, and then Parity approached me like, hey, here's an interesting job. Right? was asking, what, what is it, blockchain or crypto? No, go away, go away. So, right, right. And I came back and said, eh, I go. And then, okay, what? One of the la- fifth largest projects, 50 billion evaluation, wait a moment, in Germany? Oh, oh, wait a moment. And then I got into the conversation and then um, what I learned was it's not crypto kind of DeFi pump or whatever. It, yeah, is, yeah. it is actually a technology. It is a platform. Yeah. And I realized my perception was a complete wrong one which I had until then. Yeah, yeah. There is this next evolution of a complete new technology platform evolving, and Polkadot is one of the top, top most innovative projects under that. So I met Gav and then learned it's not just a technology, it's also a philosophy, a mission-driven, it's open source, so it's a community-driven. So, so new and so different compared to, yeah, like a Microsoft and Windows and Azure, right, or a Salesforce. 
um, even though these are excellent companies with strong cultures and, and lots of success, Polkadot seemed to be completely new from every perspective. I'm not a kind of a administrator, I'm kind of a builder myself. I'm building businesses, I'm not yeah, a coder. Yeah. Okay. I could code a little bit Fortran, maybe not, but uh, I'm more a builder and it attracted me to be kind of go into something which is, which is creating something new. Mm -hmm. And with Gaff painting his vision of a community, of a, of a complete DAO, and, and I got the concept of what a DAO is, I said, yeah. oh my gosh, this is, this is also an innovation in society. I can go on for hours, but that kind of gives you a perspective of why I couldn't resist and just, okay, I, I, I gotta do that. I gotta I jump see. off it. And these other startups you were mentioning there, were you always in sort of a Marcom's position? Yeah, or? So, sometimes okay. I was CEO, yeah. sometimes I was chief marketing officer, chief sales officer. So I do marketing, this is my, my passion. Okay. Technology marketing, explaining complex stuff to people who's still trying to find out what it is oh, okay. and what the value is and what problems are being solved. Sure, sure. So, um, but I've been in many roles, so. But marketing was always my favorite thing, so. Okay, and what do you think Parity saw when they were, when they were searching the landscape? Why, why do you think they've narrowed in on so you? So, what they were looking for is somebody yeah. who has, they knew of course, and this with all startups in every new technology wave, do you hire teams who come from within that emerging space, who don't have much experience from, from kind of years of doing best practice? Yeah. Or do you hire somebody from the outside, which comes with experience, mm -hmm. but then the question is, oh, that is not native, that is not connected to, I, I hear the soundtracks, right? Quite community. That came with a surprise, of course, that me coming in, okay, what is the blockchain, and what is this, what is this, and why we do this? So it took me like three months to understand everything. Oh, only three months. three months? No, it's, I'm exaggerating. Uh -huh. <laughs> I feel like I'm now, just, just like last three, six months, yeah. to really, because in marketing, you need to understand everything. You need to understand right. positioning, messaging, and all that. Today, I feel like I'm so entrenched, or like I feel with it. It's like I can't switch it off anymore. So it's uh, beautiful. I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. And you've been growing a team, Steve. You've uh, come in since uh, since. What's your role in the organization uh, right now? Vice president of product marketing. Vice president of product marketing. And sounds fancy. I assume it is very fancy. What do you think about day to day? Well, it, it kind of goes with something like Peter said. It has something to do with how long you've been here. Like I came from more of the Web2 world, yeah. um, started learning blockchain as part of what I was doing in startups and fintech. So I'm kind of a technologist by trade, but, but day to day, everything moves so fast and I thrive on that, that's, that's the good. Yeah. Sometimes that can freak people out, mm. but that's part of what makes that time go fast. Like Peter's talking about stepping into a wormhole, it's because things are moving so fast. Um, so that's, that's really what excites me. So the day to day of keeping track trying to make sure that we shape the value proposition of what Polkadot provides. Yeah. In a way, like Peter said, it's complex. If you approach it from all of the bits of the technology, it can be very unapproachable to people who are not ingrained in it in kind of the Web3 way. Yeah, yeah. So trying to present it in a way that you can talk about the value to people who need to make decisions about building the business or that really the next iteration of the web, what, what does that mean? How do, how do they approach it from the value perspective and understand how they can bring value by building on top of Polkadot okay. to the rest of the world? So that, that's pretty fascinating. And things just, the technology moves fast, how the markets move around Web3 are fast. It's sprinting and running a marathon all at the same time. How would you describe the group of people you, you're usually marketing to? What are these people like? Well, it's shifting a little bit, right? Okay. So in, in the early days, of Web3, what you were really doing was trying to describe the value of very disruptive technology to a very technical audience. Yes. Okay. That, yeah. That's beginning to shift. You still have to have those conversations, but for that kind of technology to scale and become ubiquitous, 
you have to add layers of abstraction, meaning it has to be applied in a way that's going to solve a problem. A real problem. So now what you're doing is you're, you're moving to not just the dev-to-dev kind of deep technical conversation. Yeah. There are people who are in larger businesses and more established Web2 worlds, and they have technical decision makers. You have to speak to them on the value proposition of the technology, but not really deep in the weeds. Yep. But for where we are today with things like crypto winter and the macroeconomic situation and the funding environment, it's all about getting and getting to value fast and proving your value. So people literally are building businesses on Polkadot. So there is a money aspect and a business decision maker who needs to understand it as well. They, they need to understand the technology as a vehicle and how the ethos of Web3 will speak to their customers when they come to build on Polkadot. So it's, it's starting to shift. We're still very technically oriented because it's all about innovation. Don't get me wrong, that's there. But that innovation has to serve a broader purpose, either you know, an organizational objective for an ESG initiative or something that's more revenue driven that speaks to what a consumer wants to accomplish in participating in Web3. So that's beginning to change. You both arrived when uh, you know, the ecosystem had already been going for several years and there'd already been a community developed. And we actually already had some marketing activities. Uh, Emily, you were part of that. What can you tell us about what that was looking like beforehand, what the objectives were before Peter and everybody came around? Before Peter and everyone came around, I mean, there, there was no product marketing. <laughs> Sure. There is no what I am today, ecosystem marketing. Uh, it was very uh, focused on what we say, the relay chain and marketing that, but not as a product. <laughs> but marketing it to who? who? Who are we marketing to? Meaning just like we weren't looking at the ecosystem when we talk about Mo uh, Polkadot. Of yeah. course, they, they were valuable. We represented them on our social media, but this whole um, helping them to market themselves uh, didn't, didn't exist and we didn't have a team or bandwidth or uh, anything, and it wasn't part of our objectives, let's say. Yeah. But from the very beginning, uh, you know, it started out first two separate marketing teams, one at Parity and one at Web3 Foundation. Mm. Web3 was for Polkadot and later Kusama, Web3 Foundation and Web3 Summit, whereas Parity had a marketing team for Substrate and Parity Tech. This is where we got a lot of bland, uh, brand splits, a lot of multiple brands. Um, two teams working on uh, defining products for different things, one for Substrate and one for Polkadot and, and Kusama. Okay. Um, two separate BD teams as well. Right. So that's where things like the Substrate Builders program came in, even though the goal of it is to launch a Polkadot parachain. <laughs> uh, but their brand was Substrate and, and that sort of thing. That is one of the things that we, uh, I think we all can collectively agree that we are working on now, I'm but uh, yeah. We are coming together under one roof um, and really uh, trying to clean up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah up. Sure. You know, it's just a, a product of, of the situation over the last few years. But no, uh, in general, it just, it, it started at small. When I joined in 2018, the marketing team for Polkadot, so this would just be the Web3F side, was just me to do social media, Iggy to do design, and then uh, my boss was, uh, head of communications yeah. and uh, writing medium articles. And that's that's what we could really deliver at that time. And, and then now, now here we are. Well, it really feels like now is the time to refocus everything. And now we actually have something where we can market. Right. And we have audiences who are interested now, right? Right, I mean, for the first three years, there was, there. Uh, I was just talking about this with someone last night. It's like everything we were saying we were going to do 
there was nothing to reference. We were like, oh, there's this thing called shared security. We're going to have it. Let's yeah. just put out a medium article. We don't really know what it is. And then we had all the competitors being like, oh, you say you're going to have this, but are you going to have it? And, and we were just, everything was at the same level. Oh, let's talk about XCM. Let's talk about shared security. Let's talk about governance. Let's talk about Spree. Let's talk about all of these things as they're all products coming up at parachains, parathreads, everything, yeah. uh, common goods. Uh, all of these things now have different names, as I'm saying it. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, and, and so on. So, yeah, no, it was really, it was spray and pray. And uh, everything was just a medium article in a social media post. And, yeah. and we didn't know what it would look like. We didn't know what it would look at. The competitive landscape wasn't the same. A lot of these teams, like our competitors, didn't exist at the time, you know? Yeah, yeah. Only Cosmos and Ethereum had a mainnet at the time. So anyways, it's, it's been a wild ride. I think we realized, it wasn't just me, we a couple of things we have to kind of enhance and some big rocks we just had to move and turn stones upside down. Yeah. And we all concluded it will be a longer journey. It won't be done overnight. Uh -huh. Not only because it was so many and so fundamental things which were missing or we thought we had to align, but also the fact that we just don't want to do it all in isolation, but we want to align with community and get feedback and all that. And that is a new mode of modus operandi, of course, that is kind of, to be honest, something still we have to figure out. Because you cannot do marketing by committee, that's a recipe for disaster. Mm. You cannot have 50 people, you can have 50 people debating about the color of a brand logo, and you have strong opinions and lots of passionate, but at, one, at the end of the day, a decision needs to be made. Let's talk about some of these rocks you had to yeah. completely yeah. overturn. What were aspects of the brand, the technology that you thought, oh my God, this has to change? Number one, never confuse the audience and keep it simple. Right. So I was asking, what's Polkadot? And I got a lot of answers. Yeah, yeah. But they were all different. Uh-huh. And then I realized we have substrate. I said, okay, what is substrate? Oh, substrate is actually a, the SDK. It's actually an SDK, it's something, a framework. I said, okay, what, what does it mean? Yeah, it's, Pocket is a reference implementation. I said, okay, you guys, this is too complex. <laughs> so, can you, in simple terms. And, and I know I understand what it is, but I felt like, okay, this is already complex. And then Kusama, okay, what is Kusama? Yeah, it's an innovation hub for Pocket. I said, what does it mean? No, it's a parallel world. It's actually the better, cooler way version of, I said, okay, well, how do you explain all this? So I found an incredibly complex, articulated kind of construct. And yeah. there was the drama flying like, like a little thing on top. Who's yeah. what, what is And what is, what is that Zama? And, and I was putting myself, and I have this rule of keep it simple because the reality is the world is not waiting for Polkadot. People don't just, oh, finally I get the two hours to dive into Polkadot and what it is. Yeah. You, you have a certain audience that always looks for the, the greatest and the coolest thing, the early adopters who always jump on the newest thing. Mm -hmm. And that is what you typically have in, in products, new technologies emerge. You have this initial kind of excited peer group that reads everything and they, they process and compile all this and form their, their, their idea. But we are now at a stage where we need to attract people who don't give us two hours just to understand how our brand works. Yeah, yeah. So the attention span is we, we have two seconds yeah, right. of attention yeah, to buy us 10 seconds of attention, That's right. to buy us two minutes of attention, ah. and then to get us 30 minutes of attention yeah. that people lend us to learn about Polkadot and eventually get interested and eventually engage later. And we cannot waste the first three steps just to explain the difference between Kusama, Dotsama, Polkadot, and, and because it's one thing. Uh -huh. so, so it was a complete conundrum and clusterfuck, sorry, to be blunt, yes, right? Yes. So I said, guys, this has to be simplified and consolidated. Uh -huh. And then I was asking, what's a brand look like? How do we define the brand? 
And a brand is not the logo, it's the color. The brand is how do we want to come across to be kind of cast as somebody who rules, mm. somebody who is humble, who saves the world, a different kind of personalities, right? Yeah. And in B2B in tech, you might think, nah, nah, nah. but everybody cares about the language we use, how bold we are on, on certain sentences, what colors and the pictures and everything you see here. This, yeah, is, yeah. this is like an, on purpose and kind of a edgy industrial kind of setting. This is not the Hyatt Hotel here, mm -hmm. with carpet like that or that, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, you have a nice buffet and all that. And it's also not just a train wreck here. So this is kind of in between, right? And there's a brand identity behind that. But it has never been articulated properly. We have design assets, but th that is something we have to be consistent on. Right, right. Because we need to come across existent, consistently to get somewhere. The next thing was, of course, okay, how many web pages do we have? Do we have traffic on the web page? Oh, actually, we have 50 web pages. Yes, yes, Can yes. you repeat that? Oh, we have 50 <laughs> web pages. And that was after we took three weeks to analyze how many pages we have, actually. Uh -huh. We have the Wikipedia, we have the Parkour Network page, which is the Kusama page, we have this. I can go on forever. And of course, the search engine traffic, we were downranked because of it. Because Google's sacrifice, I mean, mm -hmm. punished you. If you mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. And I could go on forever. So yeah. there were many things where good intentions, I know where it comes from, but this has to change. Consolidating everything into a common, simple message. Too easy to understand, mm -hmm. yet impactful, right. so that people get hooked on quickly. And then when you get interested, you get very quickly into engagement and understand the whole thing, and you can dive in into certain things. And also, that's because I said, was no product marketing. I said, okay, who writes the value proposition? Uh, what do you mean by that? <laughs> what is the value? Yeah, okay, we know how XYZ works, and here is the documentation on GitHub. I said, that's not value. So I, I realized, I mean, every company I've been, there was a product marketing team who conveys technology into why do we have this? What is the value for the customer? Yeah. So we had, we had one person, and she, she's great, but we need a team because we're serving different things, right, and, and, and all that. So a long journey. Okay, so let's talk about teams and structures now. A Emily, what looks different now? <laughs> Oh. Before you were describing a team of three, I think, or something like that. But what's it look like today? In the beginning, it was what we called flat hierarchy, but it never really was flat hierarchy. And and now we we definitely have uh, people at much more experienced marketers. Uh, we have creative directors. We and um, VPs of product marketing and communications and. Um, uh, ecosystem marketing, which didn't exist. We have events as well, which we've had. So, uh, yeah, I, I would say it's a lot more focused. I don't wear as many hats anymore. I don't try to act like I know how to do everything in marketing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, we have we have a digital team. We have a product marketing team, and, and we have a. Before it was just like, oh, we have this new thing coming tell Emily because she does social media and then we'll get some copywriter to write about it to help her do that and then maybe at one of our events we'll showcase it and you can see the steps that were and that's what you do when you're when you're small and humble and just get stuff out right, that's right yeah. it's a mature it's a maturity thing I mean yeah so. Steve what's your team look like my team it's small and strategic so it, okay. as Emily mentioned there wasn't a big focus on product marketing now now I have product marketing focused on very specific areas like developer tooling and talking about the value proposition of that overall how it relates to Polkadot you know the core technology elements and governance and the token and how it all operates um, solutions that help people understand how we're bringing that technology together in dApps that solve end user customer problems. So we have coverage areas in, in all of that. And a lot of that is focusing on what Peter had talked about. We have to make it approachable. It has to be easy to understand. Mm -hmm. You can't create barriers in the beginning. Like one of the 
one of, one of the stories that Peter was telling was very similar on the messaging side. Like we, we started talking about a concept here called block space. We started talking about it a lot more from a marketing perspective. That was, a, that was an, an actual eight month journey just to start talking about it. From where we grew from, there's also the dynamic of we, we try to operate in a decentralized world. The challenge with that is that you have to create alignment. There's no, at the end of the day, somebody has to own the decision, but the path of alignment to get to the decision that appeals to the masses, that's a long journey. And so th that's a good thing. And it has a good outcome and you get more feedback and you're the better for it. Yeah. But it also takes a little bit more time and to use Gav's words, resilience. Mm -hmm. And instead of being unstoppable, you just, you just have to kind of push through. And so that's what a lot of the product marketing team, as we're building, we're going through. We're trying to make it simple. We're making sure that we're transparent. We're, you know, we're getting feedback, good, positive, whichever. Feedback is always good in the end, whether the perception of what it is, who knows. But we're very much focused on being very strategic about how we need to position all of the aspects of Polkadot in a way that's approachable and is differentiated in the market. Fantastic. All right, well, um, how about we just talk about this event real quick, because this is one arm of your team, this is one piece of the puzzle, events. Um, how has this event gone, and, and how's it different than it's been before? It went from Speaking of brands, dot con to dot day to polka dot decoded. Yeah. <laughs> like it, now, now it's polka dot decoded. Yeah. And it used to be a conference, a one day conference the day before the Web3 Summit. And we would just allow people that bought a Web3 Summit ticket to come to Polkadot Decoded. Mm. And we would have teams, I mean, the, the very first time that we did it was just like five teams in the room that were like saying that they would build on us. Uh, it's the Soramitsu's, the chain saves, these, these OGs. And uh, yeah, we would just have like six hours of programming for one day and it wouldn't, even the audience wouldn't technically be like these, they wouldn't be dot holders uh, yeah. necessarily. There are people coming to the Web3 Summit, which is a totally protocol agnostic conference to learn about Polkadot. And then you have this, <laughs> like four stages. Yeah. And I mean, we even have a fifth one outside. So like five stages, get all programming, uh, live stream. This year is the first year we have all of these demo stations, which I think is very, every year reiterating, every year taking community feedback in. Like I, I, I mean, it's like day and night. What, what I see here is the Polkadot community needs an annual reflection event. I mean, it has so much value in just how the, I see people connecting here. Of course, at one point you want to get together and feel you're part of something bigger. Mm -hmm. And that cannot just happen through, the, through your telegram channels and through the feeds and it's an artificial kind of belongingness. So here you experience a feel, a real belongingness to something bigger that goes even beyond your team. And that is a Polkadot community. Looking at the people who register for this event, of which we have over 10,000 by now, I didn't check the latest numbers, between 900,000 physically here in, in, in Copenhagen, and I think we have 41 viewing parties. We have satellite decoded. So a copy paste of this whole event, of like one day events in China and I think four other locations. So it's a huge effort where we repurpose the content. And so looking at all that, I think we, we, we got to have that. And it's, it's, it's not just for the people to meet, but we, of these 10,000 people, we have two thirds who are somewhat familiar with Polkadot or not familiar at all with Polkadot, which means it's not just the echo chamber of a uh, family gathering. Yeah, yeah. We're kind of projecting to the world of what Polkadot and not the relation, like all of us together, what we represent. Mm -hmm. So we represent something to the rest of the world who lends us hours of view time over the screen or coming here. There's obvious engagement. Having come from this world like, like Peter, the vibe totally different, and the the level of passion and engagement is is like 
palpable. And so that's what's really, really great. And it speaks to a level of momentum because we're building in what is challenging times. That, that says a lot on what the community has built. And that kind of passion and engagement just carries forward. And it's, it's a great feeling. Beautiful. Any other initiatives um, that are in the works that we may not see right now, but you're oh, many, excited about? Many, many. So Let's name a few. We're working on consolidating everything under the Polkadot brand to make Polkadot, the Polkadot brand the one brand. Okay, yeah. And that means that Polkadot needs kind of to stand for something also. So you already kicked out Dot Sama. That, that term is gone. What else? What uh, is it? Yes, what right. <laughs> so no, I tried to what else does that look like? So we will merge the Substrate brand. Okay. So that Substrate is a strong, absolutely valuable asset in Polkadot. Yeah. Absolutely. But I'm, we're thinking about, we don't have a solution, but how to kind of make it kind of, it connects to Polkadot. And Polkadot. every time Substrate is mentioned, yeah. so when, when we have many other ecosystems leveraging Substrate okay. secretly. Yes, yes. yes. Right? The Avail guy from, from, from Polygon, I mean, they built the whole thing on, 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 on Polkadot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Some other guys, right? <laughs> so, but they say substrate. Oh, it's Polkadot. So, uh, you see where I'm going. So, yep, yep. that is a miss, not doing that. And, okay. and Kusama will remain Kusama, but it's an innovation hub for Polkadot. So, we try to just, when we talk about these on a more compartmentalized way, mm -hmm. that the belongingness of Polkadot it becomes more visible. Yeah. And there are many ways of doing that. It's not yep. just renaming it. It's also like the look and feel, the colors and all that. So, we're working on that, of the consolidation. But it's not just the label. It's also like you go on GitHub and find it there. You go to the web page and out to 15 web pages. Mm -hmm. So, that whole consolidation. The other thing is the web page or the web pages. Yeah. Using the Polkadot network page, which gets a million visitors, between 500K and a million visitors a month, to route traffic mm. to these teams and yeah. showcasing these teams. So. I take it to a higher level and say, this is Polkadot, this is block space. So yeah. we have power chains, we have smart contract platforms. Here they are, here's the, here's the, here's the whatever, the substrate kind of thing, here's the power chain team. So it should represent all of it and the action happening. Like, what are the real examples? And at the end of the day, we also think of even posting there and showcasing there the end user apps, of which we have an increasing number. Yeah. If you go around here, you actually sure. see some, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's not that there is no end-user app. So that Polkadot also has a page, the Polkadot network has a page, a section for the end-user. We had a parachain uh, meeting, I think, beginning of the week, where we proposed a new information architecture. So how, how does this all come together? And how we bring in the community, and Bjorn mentioned in his keynote also. So how, over time, can we make it happen that the community also feels represented and not just a Peter's team uh, put me on there or not? So uh, uh, we, we need to, I don't have all answers for that, but yeah, this yeah. is definitely the, the, the path we are taking there. Beautiful. The Polkadot should be, that would be the one, the one click stop, right, for, the, for engaging with Polkadot as the whole ecosystem. And I know the Parachain teams have their own strong bands, and will always do, but why not using such a platform that gets so much traffic to not be an infrastructure kind of play, but actually representing Polkadot as a brand that stands for building the people's internet or something, right? Mm -hmm. something, we need to find a tagline, but you see where I'm going, like, yeah, I want to elevate absolutely. it. We do a, we kick off a rebranding project. Yeah, I thought, and, I thought we just rebranded, didn't we just rebrand? Facelift. This is a facelift, was, okay, a, okay. <laughs> Are we going to keep these famous six oblong shapes in a circle? I don't know yet. Okay, okay. Because before we do that, yeah. people always jump to this, okay, how does it look like? It's about the, the how do we want to come across? Do we want to be yeah. like, like business-like, very strong? Or do we be, no, we're nice, we're cute, we're good. Or no, we want to have the world, we're kind of a cemetery, right? So, there are different personalities. Sure, sure. Like, if you think of Ferrari, it's like, very aggressive, kind of. Yeah, yeah. If you think of Bentley, it's like, the brands. Apple is like the creator, creative uh -huh. brand. So we need to define that identity, and that defines the tone of voice, the language we use, yes, the so pictures, so. the picture words we use. Uh -huh. uh, right? Is it, is it nerdy kind of guys, or is it more like 
modern, cool, technoid, whatever. Let's hear from you guys. What's one initiative you're fired up about? Yeah, so uh, Ambassador Program 2.0, the Ambassador Program that we've had has been wonderful. It has gotten us really to even think about the fact that the current program has gotten 5,000 candidates all over the world that have just wanted to promote Polkadot with no financial reward, with yeah. no incentive at all, uh, just wanted to be a part of a group of people that also wanted to do this is crazy. Yeah. It's crazy that it has grown to this, but now we really want to have brand ambassadors. We want ambassadors that use Polkadot. So we, we want to give them DOT um, uh, through the, the treasury, sim, uh, similar to how the fellowship gets paid. We want it to be an on-chain registered and a recognized thing. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, a collective, which uh, Joe built the collective's uh, system parachain and the fellowship lives on that and it will live on there as well. But then there needs to be an off-chain component. And the off-chain component is this education hub, right? So we have so much tech, we want our ambassadors to feel confident talking about Polkadot, talking about OpenGov and, and um, XCM and our tech. But in order to do that, we really need to educate them. So we're building out uh, a knowledge hub that will allow them to do that where they can take quizzes and they can read and we can um, they'll have their own internal forum our ambassadors are on the ground every day they're going to these conferences on their own they're speaking to other communities by working with them over the years i really get a sense of what people are asking about what people are confused about sure. um, they're really hearing the fud they're hearing um, what other projects in the overall blockchain space are saying about us and allow us to uh, craft um, responses. And Yeah, fantastic. And we actually got a chance to interview Joe and he spoke about the, uh, the excitement and also the challenges of putting an organization like this on chain. Yes, it really is like the, a decentralized, it's a DAO, a, yeah, a decentralized yeah. autonomous organization. And I mean, honestly, it's really just, this is only possible on Polkadot. Yeah. Like it really is not possible on anyone, anywhere else. Even if they have governance, no one has the common, like the system parachain. And then even with that, they don't have a treasury like the, the Polkadot right, treasury. Right, now that's going to be possible, their yeah. own treasury. And I think it's going to be multi-asset too, yeah. which is really cool. Steve, I think we're going to throw it to you on Blockspace, but just to color, color that topic, what, what do you do when Gavin goes on stage and kind of changes all the language about what we're talking about? <laughs> it worked out really well because everything that the Gav said um, part of this setup for the people who didn't see it, like Bjorn came on and he talked about accomplishments to date and Polkadot 1.0 is here. And let's take a minute to understand where we've come from. Yeah. Then Gav spoke about the future, which is a little bit more long-term, you know, some of the deeper technical elements that continue to show that we're, you know, the best tech in the industry. And how does that all come to pass? And then what I, what I really try to help the audience understand is what we're talking about with block space really fits in the middle. So it's post 1.0 and it's pre what Gav is talking about because it's that next step in the evolution. Yeah. So the good news is I wasn't taken aback by anything because things like, sorry, techie stuff, like core allocation, that's what makes block space work. Right. Um, you know, what ZK primitives, that's an element of how you can utilize block space in a different way. Mm -hmm. And it, but we have the flexibility of our platform to do that. I think a lot of the, our common theme between everything we've been speaking about is uh, we're talking about refining, consolidating, and a lot of it's about making executive choices on kind of the direction of the communications. And this hasn't been without some pain from the existing community. So there are like established players in the ecosystem and 
they've had, um, I guess you could say, laments about specific choices and... It's definitely a journey and a learning, I think, on both sides. Yeah. So I think there is a, when I speak individually to people, I think, and I have the opportunity to explain the concepts, I mean, they all, they understand. Yeah. And it's, it's like always, it's the most important thing is to show respect and listen to people and what they want to contribute. People don't want to rule necessarily or, or have a decision. Mm. They just want to contribute and add their perspective to a decision making. And it is, of course, a learning for the team I built and for myself, like, okay, how really engaged people are and how passionate they are on very detailed level in terms of marketing. Absolutely, yeah. However, of course, somebody has to make the decision and be accountable for the result of it, right? So it's a community, but who is a community? It's all a lump of the individuals and, and everybody has a certain passion for this, for green or no, I'm like blue and I'm yellow. So we reach out. I reach out personally more on, on, on social media. We create our own um, Telegram channel now for marketing. There's also a question of who do you bring in because yeah. Let's face it, I mean, we're not, we're not alone in the world. There's competition and I'm always kind of a little bit, do we want to roll out our entire marketing strategy six months before the launch into the entire world when the competition? Ah, oh, interesting. So let's prepare for that when they come out. Mm. We have already something, right? So you will find web pages of our competitors who have block space already on their homepage. Interesting, yeah. isn't it? Mm. Yeah, a, a word which hasn't existed previously. So that's very remarkable, I find. It has to come to delegation, which is what we have as bounty structures and treasury also, like you delegate competency because it's like running a country, right? You have a parliament, you mm. vote for you guys, and they define the laws, right? And they have a discussion. Mm -hmm. So I think we need to find ways how we institutionalize that for a certain point. But for sure, we need to at least talk about things. And I think there's an extra layer of explanation from, from my team. When we move big things, mm -hmm. we need to add extra layers and communication plans for let's explain why we do things and, and hear feedback before we make final calls. Right. We have to be realistic and in, in our teams have to understand yeah. that you can never make everyone happy unless mm -hmm. the everyone is one person and that's you. Right, you, you just, you're just never going to get there, especially as larger communities grow. The important thing about that is what Peter explained, that, that we're doing a better job of and we can always get better, which is explaining the why first, not telling them what and then telling them after. Or just, we, we don't want to be in a position that, that we're dictating. Sometimes some, some people in the community may only get a bit of information at a point in time and they don't see the why. Yeah, but yeah. I can give an example of like what I've been doing around positioning. Like I talk with a small group in, you know, in a small group setting, then I open it up to a larger group and then we had a summit before this event where it's an even larger group and then it'll go you know, kind of electronic to everybody. And a lot of that explanation is why are we doing what we're doing? And the, the basic question is, do we need to do something different? And the answer is yes, because we all want to get to a better place and we all want to get there together. So explaining the why is absolutely critical. I will say it, it is very interesting to, to work in a place where your entire community is an investor. And I, I think that is, uh, maybe you have the, the shareholder relationship in a lot of other industries as well, but uh, you know, just know, Knowing that everyone is an investor, everyone is passionate, um, leads to, uh, as Peter said, you always just have to remind yourself that they're just passionate, they care. There's a huge spectrum from just a, a dot holder to a builder. There's someone that's like literally left their job, like invested everything they had, time, bandwidth, energy in, into this and, and so on. So yeah. uh, when it gets interesting, let's say, uh, I always remind myself of that. And also that I would rather have it this way 
um, than have no one speaking up because that really means your community is non-existent. Investors, I mean, don't sometimes when they see like the, the train is collapsing the business and they hire somebody or they go deeper in, but they usually just stay at a, at a higher level. And but what they do is they track performance metrics. Yeah. And they hold the people in charge accountable for driving outcomes, but letting them define how they do the stuff. Yeah. Because otherwise, I mean, okay, if you tell me you have to do it this way, then you can't hold me accountable. Mm -hmm. yeah. But I really have to think about, have I ever been asked by any community member for any measurable outcome or a KPI number? Mm. Or has anybody ever shared like a metric in terms of, we all have strong opinions on certain things and so the way how we should do things. But I, I try to remember like, I had no single question or conversation. So how has the web page traffic increased from A to B? What is your plans to double it? Or share of voice in whatever, American media. So what's the current metric? And can, can we collectively have a discussion of uh, where are we and where we want to be? And I shared a complete list of KPIs, which you defined from my team, that yeah. informs all these marketing things. It's not just because, oh, Peter had an idea. No, there are metrics behind it because we want to achieve a certain outcome, mm -hmm. which parity defined. But since then, nobody ever asked again for these numbers from where we are. But instead, people ask for, okay, why this messaging or that messaging? And what, other, what the Web2 companies do is they just delegate execution and trust execution decision-making. Yeah. But yeah. then hold people accountable instead of just, I, I want to share my opinion, how you should do this and because I'm passionate about this. But then there's no accountability because everybody talks, so who's accountable for the results? Uh -huh. And that is something everybody wants to see, yeah, whatever, some results for certain numbers maybe when you say investor, but well, invested, time invested. Yeah. But nobody really measures this, I find it odd. What do you say? I mean, a big part of the development of this ecosystem has been the fact that we don't rely on a small group of people uh, to be liable and responsible for results, right? And this was a big uh, part of uh, our interactions with the SEC, for instance. We just had Daniel in front of Congress. Yeah. Congress people talking about morphing for that very reason. How do we ensure that it doesn't get to the point where, because you guys are really about momentum, and it's it's we're starting to feel that momentum, but how do we make sure that it doesn't become a small team that we're all relying upon to profit, and it stays this sort of group experience and this distributed decision-making entity? So, a couple of things. What I just shared was just an observation that there's no delegation and that doesn't mean I'm asking for, hey, delegate, let, let us do the job and we share the numbers next year in our annual conference. So no, yeah. no, that was not the intent. The parity markups team is not kind of the ruler of all things marketing. That is not the case. As Bjorn said yesterday, parity and, and that applies to the markups team. We are a contributor to the success of Polkadot as a whole. We are just, as, as a content team, as your team doing these great videos, you are a kind of, you serve the community. Yeah. And I want to be, our team serves the community and serves Polkadot. It doesn't mean we have the, and only because we are called parity, that we are kind of empowered to make decisions on behalf of and ruling everybody else. I don't say that, not at all. However, somebody needs to make a decision I know, on certain yes, items, like yeah. what comes on the Polkadot Twitter feed, because uh -huh. we have the responsibility for that. And what comes on the Polkadot network page currently, yeah, there is no community kind of structure or voting power. But we think about this, how, how we do this. And the first step is that, the funding, which is an important piece, is something we think should be done through treasury or bounty funding. So what my team does is subject to the same scrutiny like yes, any other yes. team. Ah. And with that, of course, the community takes over the power. 
yeah. We need to think about these innovations. I don't have a clear answer for that yet, but there's definitely a path. And I also shared openly that the success of Parkrad cannot depend on a central Marcoms team at Perigee for the rest of the time. Yeah, yeah. So over time, my team will also spin off into uh -huh. the community and maybe at one point this team who does this thing, I don't mention now which one, is a collective funded mm. by Directly Treasury, paying mm -hmm. or, or a collective or whatever. Interesting. So okay. it's, and my team knows this, so it's, it's not something, oh, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Of course, this is a path of nobody's ever taken, but it's an interesting thing. Mm -hmm. And we do it very thoughtful and very careful, of course, and we don't just rush it. There's no, okay, by then we have to all be begun or whatever. But I want to convey that this is the intent to kind of be part of the community and not always be like this kind of the fortress on, on the high castle on the mountain, yeah, right, somewhere right. there. It's kind of, and then we tell you what the messaging is. So, no, 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 no. Okay. And the brand is pink, actually. No, it's actually purple. No, it won't happen, no. no. Gotcha, so all right. I try to reach out to anybody here and, um, yeah. I can't respond to all comments and all questions on all of social course. media channels and yeah. all Telegram channels all the time, because yeah. then I can't do my job anymore. Yep. So I'm always tempted, but, um, yeah. I'm always all up for good quality conversation and we think about how we can do that at a certain scale without talking to a thousand people all the time right? because yeah, I get yeah. approached a lot. So and we try to find a balance. It's not easy. That's what I'm saying. The idea that we even Parity operates in a decentralized way with the, with a goal of becoming more decentralized over time. Yeah. When you combine that with the visibility of transparent and participant driven governance, that's kind of the recipe that kind of defends against what you're talking about. And we're, we're decentralizing different parts of it in different ways. Like what we do in engineering in and spinning out a light client library to a separate entity that does everything on their own. They're self-directed, decentralized, mm -hmm. but they're aligned to the mission. Mm. And then there, there's governance process that provides the visibility. And if you really want to have a say, you can have a say. And the same thing will apply to what we're doing in marketing over time. And but, but we really believe in those things. It's it's not that we want people to be dependent on us. Yeah. I use the analogy of a flywheel. Like the, the marketing organization is is growing, but the flywheel is all about momentum. We start building the momentum and then we figure out how to decentralize. So we're not just offloading a capability that you know a, a not well-formed structure can pick up and make even more successful. When it comes to marketing, I don't have all the answers. We've tried a lot of things and we'll yeah. continue to try a lot of other things for sure. But I, I do think when I think of a decentralized ecosystem, mm. there is still maybe centralized parties, but maybe there's not just parity tech hosting an annual conference, right? Like it doesn't need to be necessarily granted we, as they both already touched on. It is our goal to talk to the community about the why. We have monthly ecosystem marketing calls um, to tell them about things we're doing months in advance on a monthly basis and in our channels and everything. So I don't want to confuse anyone listening to this, maybe thinking, oh, Parity wants to be centralized or close. We are doing everything to make that not be the case. But I, a lot of times I do hear these things when there's always, you will always find a decision that was maybe not made in a decentralized manner, right? Yeah. But I do think that like, um, Polkadot to be decentralized is not necessarily parity outsourcing every decision to a community because in it, even down to the smallest decision, right? When it comes to this event in particular, there is, there is a lot to say about like who made this call, who made that call, who is parity to make this or that call. Right. But I think like a decentralized Polkadot ecosystem doesn't mean only we have one annual conference and Parity decentralizes the entire decision-making about it, but we have 
we tap into this entire ecosystem and they host, you know, we already have like Polka Defiance and we already have these other annual conferences and we all host different things to make Polkadot better. And uh, it's going, in order to just do it fast and to iterate fast, uh, every time you add more decision making, it only just makes it slower. When you want to act fast, it's a, it, it's a little difficult to do on every little thing, but I yeah, think yeah. that like, Together, collectively, Polkadot is decentralized. If we all, you know, work to make, like, to bring Polkadot to to the masses. And I think that is that is very important, um, just to consider. And if we do it all right, I think there's always an opportunity to do it more because it's a trained behavior. Yeah. Because it takes a little bit more time. Absolutely. Right. I feel like we should uh, maybe maybe end it here. But you, you did mention something about the going to the treasury. So maybe we'll have to pick this up on AAG or something like that. But that sounds like a really exciting yeah, initiative. We started already the conversation. We started yesterday with the Parachain team. Amazing. Anyway, to just to end it off, I want to thank you all for, thank for you the work you're doing and for being here. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Absolutely.